BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Caitlyn Jenner, $2,500. That makes sense. Now, yeah, it does. All right, there you go, boys. It, it costs like 10 grand to get driving instructions. <laughs> uh, there you go. You got her. You got her, folks. And now I'm loosening up. <laughs> now I'm feeling it. You're loosening up. Of course, man. You're feeling the New York energy. You're over here. You're in the New York studio. You're Whoa. with me. It's kind of fun. I've never been on this side of the camera, and it's weird to see Kissel so small. Mm, it's, it's like yeah. a reverse telescope. <laughs> I'll pull my you pants down. You'll get to see something pretty well small. Yep. <laughs> Especially oh, through camera. Because yeah. there's nothing. I guess you could put it up near the cup for scale, but then you'd be doing that in front of Fernando, our employee, and then he'd sue you mm. till you didn't exist. A anymore. whole series of things. Uh, <laughs> how are we going to start this? Are we starting like that? We're, we're <laughs> we have now. begun. Okay, great. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with Henry and hanging out with Marcus. You're not. Well, no. well not I am. me and Marcus are I'm hanging, tele- out hanging out. I'm tele hanging out. Member Zoom. <laughs> Remember when Jeffrey Tubin got caught masturbating on Zoom? We do. The yeah. entire nation does. Yeah, you won't let us forget it. Today's episode. Oh, it's going to be real exciting. We're getting into UFO territory, alien land. I'm not quite sure, but we'll learn together. The incident at Devil's Den. And no, we're not referring to what happened with Henry on the toilet this morning. No, no, because <laughs> that, that was Devil's Living Room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, guys, it's new, you're staying in New York City. That's what we call the Devil's Kitchen. Mm, yes, Ooh. Breakfast Nook. Yeah. Now, guys, are you ready to allow some monkey men into your life? <laughs> Why not? Because that's what today's episode's all about, is are you willing to greet these monkey men <laughs> sure. with the amount of respect that they need to be so that yeah. they don't Leave your shoes untight. <laughs> I love it. Because you better be careful, man. The one thing I also did learn from Terry Lovelace is that you better not sleep with your shoes untied. Because yeah. you never know mm. when you got to get up and not get awed by a bunch of monkey men in space. Well, indeed. I think those are prison rules. The monkey man demonized by Wizard of Oz. And I think we need to take the narrative back and realize that flying monkeys can be friends as well. So let's get into it. Unfortunately, today we will be furthering the evil monkey man narrative. Unless Fantastic. you do believe what Terry says later on, that they were just masks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, the incident at Devil's Den is a highly compelling UFO abduction encounter told yeah. by one of the participants in said abduction. In this case, the participant was a highly respected lawyer named Terry Lovelace Esquire. I am a highly respected lawyer only with the name of a pornographic actress. <laughs> yes, indeed. I was driving down the street the other day and there's a street called Dixie Canyon here in Los Angeles. And I yep. thought that would be a great porn star name. Because it has dicks in it, huh? And Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it could be both. Well, it could be a man or a woman. Insane. Absolutely. I, I want, if I'm going to do porn, my name is going to be like Rupert Johnson. Like I just oh, want to be a normal, bad. like a man's man. You know, it's like, oh, there, it's Guy Harrington. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm going to be Richard Danforth. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, the source for our episode is, of course, The Incident at Devil's Den by Terry Lovelace himself, which is, as we'll get into over the course of this episode, a classic tale of lifelong patterns of alien abduction. This motherfucker's entire life was riddled with UFOs, mm -hmm. monkey men, little people, praying mantis, people, go all sorts of stuff, mm -hmm. doing all sorts of stuff with his jizz. Mm -hmm. How do you have the time to become a lawyer? Mm. It was intermittent. You know, After all. <laughs> oh, all right. The power of Addy. Well, from what Terry claims, he's one of those alien abduction victims who have had to deal with alien encounters since childhood, and not in the sort of sexually adventurous way that, say, David Huggins of Love and Saucers claims to have experienced. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he's complicated because he kind of always is like, I sure wish that maybe they had said something to me before taking my virginity. Yeah. But at the same time, man, you had a big-titted gray alien woman riding you. Just let it go. Just let it in. And he painted amazing pictures because of it. He did actually have one hanging on the walls here in the studio. We do. Mm -hmm. oh. Now, Terry Lovelace rightfully sees his alien encounters as an extreme burden, a half-century-long nightmare that never seems to end. And with few exceptions, it is a terrifying and painful experience every time. It mm. truly did. I just watched a really good interview with Terry Lovelace, and he talked for a long time, real long time. And I... <laughs> believe that he believes that something has happened to him. Yeah, because it's true. It ruined his life. And he worked really hard to have a very composed legal life. Like, he's a well-respected yeah. lawyer. He was a military man. And all of this shit, because there's something about those guys. It's why it doesn't happen to me. It's why mm. it doesn't happen to me. It's because I would just, like, that goes right in the bio. Yeah. Right? Oh, me, you would me. love it. Well, that's it's why it's never going to happen. You want it's it too much. It's one of my biggest bookings. Mm -hmm. If I get abducted. But for Terry Lovelace, I guess it really did. Like, I guess, especially in the 1970s, if you tell a bunch of your fellow military officers that you've maybe been abducted and probed by a bunch of aliens and slash monkey man in a UFO, that it might hurt your career in the military. Yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll pin you down in the shower, make fun of you a little bit. It'll be a, a nice, as we talked about before the show, Farva. Like mm. uh, like ribbing there from Super Troopers. Terry Lovelace hurt his uh, lawyer career every time he would go and prosecute a case or defend a case. Lingerie he would wear. And I always said, <laughs> funny, don't, I said, don't wear the lingerie. Material. That's really interesting that you <laughs> said that because it yes. seems that I feel like if he heard that, he mm -hmm. might like old man jack you. <laughs> he might. You know old man. You remember when it was Buzz Aldrin? Who was it pu who punched the. It was uh, Buzz. Yeah. 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 Old man just caught Maybe Neil. From, just from the shoulder, the pop, the World War II punch. I think it yeah. was Neil Armstrong that punched the uh, fake moon guy and the, yeah. the fake moon landing guy whack. in the face. Yeah. Whack. Yeah. Why not? Now, Terry's big abduction occurred in 1977 when he and his friend Toby went camping at a state park adjacent to the Ozark National Forest while they were taking time off from the Air Force. And of course, we'll cover the actual abduction later on in the episode. 
But Terry kept that encounter a secret from everyone but his wife for 41 years, and indeed planned on never telling anyone. That all changed, however, when a fingernail-sized piece of metal was found in his knee during a routine x-ray in 2012. That year, when Terry was in his early 60s, he mm. woke up and couldn't put any weight on his right leg. Mm. So he went to the hospital to have some x-rays taken. But after the technician took two x-rays, he came back five minutes later and took two more. <gasps> then two more. <gasps> and then two more. That's a total of eight. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just about to say for a total of eight. Good math. Oh. Kessel actually showed yesterday he has an actually pretty solid grasp of Common Core. Really? I got. I did pretty well figuring out their serious radio timing. Yes. <laughs> 64 plus 72. Go, 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 go. 64 plus 72, you would take the six. That would be 72. So six minus 72 would be 57. No, uh, no, no I misread this. Oh, uh, no, I'm so no, sorry, I, uh, sir. No, I, uh, uh, so uh, you're you're designing this airplane? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll get the answer to you later. Let me look at my phone here and <laughs> I'll Google it. I'll Google it. No, those are the, those are the tough ones. Well, and unfortunately, it turns out he only took eight X-rays because he was jerking off to her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, the technician, after taking eight x-rays, he asked Terry if he'd ever sustained a shrapnel wound in the military because, of course, hey, you got a little tiny object in your knee. But the mm. mystery was that there was no evidence of scar tissue. That's why he kept taking more and more and more. Something's oh. not right here. Oh, yeah. Additionally, there was a flower petal arrangement of objects the same density as bone floating in the middle of his calf muscle. Not good. No. Weird. Extrapolating from what we know about other mysterious objects found in human bodies, this all points towards the possibility that Terry was a victim of alien implantation. They gave Whoa. him double Ds from space! <laughs> I uh, know what I saw! But Terry, it's interesting the concept of alien implants, because we covered it on an episode a long time ago. Long, long time. We kind of went over it. But what still holds is that most alien implants are found by podiatrists and hypnotherapists almost like they might not know how to read <laughs> x-rays. But These are x-ray technicians here. These, are, these guys are true. But we do have chunks of metal get pulled out of people and we don't know what the hell it is. And, but yeah. a lot of times as they go and they finally get it examined, it's not, you'd expect it to look like some kind of crazy microchip, but it's more a very unique packaging of metals that are not necessarily found in the area in which the person that was suffering from the implant lived or worked. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, the thing about the Terry Lovelace story is I'll say this right up top is that, you know, I said I did say like this is a classic alien story because there are many of the tropes in the story that we see throughout a lot of alien abductions. But the thing is that I also believe that Terry Lovelace believes that all of this happened to him. He has the eyes of an incredibly haunted human being. Yes, very much so. Uh, so uh, that does give the story some credence. Definitely not saying that's proof that this actually happened, but Terry Lovelace, he's not a guy on a park bench nudging you in the ribs asking you to listen to his UFO story. This guy's legit. I wish he was. Right. We can always use a little bit more credence. Mm. <laughs> Hell yeah, That's you. That's you stuck on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But one must ask exactly when Terry received these implants, because from what Terry claimed, he had been plagued by alien visitations ever since he was a little boy, back when Terry knew the visitors only as the monkey man. Whoa, cool. 
See, Terry's visitations began in the early to mid-60s when Terry was only eight years old. So the image that we can all immediately conjure up in our minds for alien greys, that was not yet in the public consciousness. Yes. Hmm. So Terry's young brain filtered these aliens as something he could understand, i.e. monkeys. Yes, or because they were monkey-like in behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, jumping around, jumping on the bed, one fell down, hit its head. We know yep. what they do. Yeah, I'm saying they're very clumsy. <laughs> and but these aliens, they get they jumped up and down. And we'll you'll see, like this is a common thing amongst greys, especially. They love to hop. They do. Huh. Well, from what Terry said, he woke up in the middle of the night to see four gray, two-foot-tall monkeys oh. with large yellow eyes, long arms, and tails. Why isn't he just making friends with them? <laughs> it's difficult <laughs> when you just fun. wake up. I <laughs> know, but it's just like they're little I'll be like, oh, what's that little weird looking guy? It's kind of fun. Not as many people are as, let's say, allowing as you are. <laughs> All right. Where you really have a strong threshold of what you sort of allow into your general reality. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't care about so much stuff. <laughs> well, after staring at him with broad grins for a bit. Hey, uh, <laughs> the monkey men said, without moving their lips, quote, Come play with us. <laughs> no, it's, yes, it's see? It was a telepathic thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, come play with us. I'm like, all right, I sweet. Without moving my lips. <laughs> no, the, I mean, they, it was obvious that they were not speaking audibly. They were speaking telepathically. Yes. They mm. said, quote, Come play with us. We'll <laughs> sure. have fun and we'll take you back home in just a little while. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, of course, Terry's parents didn't believe him. But after nights of Terry waking up screaming that the monkey men were coming to get him. The monkey men are coming to get me! <laughs> his father put electrical tape around his door to keep the monkey men out. That's such a good dad quick fix. But yeah, there we go. Yep, that'll do her right there. <laughs> yeah, no monkey man can figure out tape. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> well, strangely, it worked for eight weeks. Oh. And all the monkey men tried a different approach. Mm. One afternoon, Terry said he was in his backyard shooting arrows at a bunch of big pieces of hay when a large silver-shaped flat disc appeared 50 feet above his head, making no noise. The only indication that it was not a hallucination was the sudden smell of freshly mowed grass and ionized air. Yankee candles. <laughs> Indeed. Is the smell of freshly cut grass, is that a common UFO thing? I seem to remember reading that somewhere. It does come, it does come up, especially just straight up in anomalous like experiences, mm -hmm. it does come up that smell. Like it might be something else because I think a lot of times I also hear the term ozone. Yeah, ozone. And that it might, it just depends on what it calls mm -hmm. up for you. Yeah, I think it is actually ozone and not because I think I looked it up and ionized air and ozone gets confused a lot. Yes. I think it, yeah, I think you meant it was the smell of ozone. Yeah, it's cooking electricity. Yeah, absolutely. So. And you know, you're having a good weekend when you're in the ozone. <laughs> That doesn't, yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, I'm having Sex. a good week here. Except I did watch that one video of the guy that has, what was it, like 50 orgasms a day? Wow. What? His life's a living hell. Yeah. Oh, he can't control it? Which is, he comes and he comes and he comes and then he, it's like he's talking to his reporter and he's like, no one cares because <laughs> I'm ejaculating and well, everywhere I go, people say, lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> but then next thing you know, I'm at my niece's christening, and I'm coming. Why are we talking about that guy right now? That's a whole episode. <laughs> Is he British? Can we talk about him during our yeah. UK relax? Yeah, he's got. He's British in spirit. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, after about ten minutes of this disc floating in Terry's backyard, 
It tilted upward and silently shot off. Nice. A week after the sighting of the craft, though, Terry's nightmares truly began with visions of shadowy figures grabbing him and carrying him away with many hands. And then once he was carried away to another location, he was held down by man-sized praying mantis-like bugs who ignored his frightened pleas of mercy. (laughs) See, that's scary. The mantis has no mercy. (laughs) Yeah, that is scary. He's right about that one. I actually talked about this recently. Um, I was interviewed by Gothic Beauty Magazine. I know, because you're quite the gothic beauty. (laughs) Everyone always asks me for tips and skits of how they could be more goth. And the first thing I tell them, wear sunscreen. (laughs) But um, but I was talking about the Praying Mantis Aliens. And about oftentimes... With Gothic Beauty Magazine? Of course. (laughs) Sure. All right. I'm not... I'm not not me. Was that right after your Polish pasty conversation that you were having? <laughs> what? What? Of course, Polish the Polish pasties when they put... Polish nipples. Yeah. They put the pasties on their buttocks. <laughs> they very they funny. pretend like... Wow. Whoa, wow. wow. Oh, have, you, have you been hanging out with my father? <laughs> um, but the praying mantises are the scariest. Of the alien subgroups, yeah. besides the reptilians, which are, you know, perennially, I honestly, now I'm starting to think that a lot of people are talking mess about reptilians, mm. and it's actually the opposite. They actually are suffering from some form of intergalactic racism, and I want to echo, I will bring that up in future episodes. I'm not totally against the reptilians at this point. Yes. People have I, not I, been doing great. No, but the praying mantis are oftentimes when you're seen in these scenarios, they're described as Nazi-like Oh, with their attention to devious detail. Interesting. Ooh, yeah, they are scary for yeah. sure. But while Terry was obviously going through something, his sister, of course, made fun of him for it. That's, what's, that's, well, what, you that's do. what they Yeah, that's what they yeah. do. So to get back at her, he hid under the couch and waited until she was on the phone. Then he grabbed her ankle and she was so surprised she screamed and wet her pants. Nice. And it's fun that he put that in his book. Yep. That's called brother revenge. <laughs> he got it good. You can wait for years before your revenge finally plays out. Absolutely. And when Terry's father confronted him, Terry said that he wanted her to know what it was like to be scared. Telling his father, quote, Spank me if you want, but you better make them stop it or else. Jesus. All right. (laughs) I'm four years old, Daddy. I know. If you want to come over here and try to spank my ironclad little booty, I dare you. (laughs) And you have at it. Let it clang away with your big old man hands and your and your wedding band slapping Uh. against my metal butt. But I'll let you know I know what I saw. (laughs) After that, Terry said his relationship with his father was never the same. Yep. Oh. Now, over the next few months, Terry developed both a fear of the dark and a fear of open spaces. So he was taken to a doctor where he explained his nightmares. Or were they nightmares after all? See? Now he's getting it. The doctor, of course, blamed it all on cartoons. Mm. Watching too much Space Ghost, kid. Yeah, it's always, I always fantasize. The thing about Space Ghost, especially the original Space Ghost, which is also Space Ghost! It definitely always be involved being like group assaulted by monkey men. Well, actually, I he's not too far off there, <gasps> lest he forget Zorak, my friend, the praying mantis alien. We now know the whitewashing yep. of Zorak, <laughs> right? But he's different in the cartoon. The okay. Yeah, in the original, he's much scarier. Now things calmed down for a couple of years after that. But at age 11, Terry woke up in the middle of the night to find multicolored lights shining through his window. Oh. And when he looked out the window, he saw another flying saucer shrouded in heavy fog. Oh, so cool. Sweet. Okay, swear. Yeah. This time, the craft was accompanied by a low, bassy 
Howard Stern show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. It's like a Flaming Lips concert. Yeah. Like a Sun O show. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know who that is. but yeah. okay. <laughs> Someone like good. Oh, yeah. Love him. Yeah. Looking for the brown note. Mm. The nightmares returned with images of the big insect-like things. And in his words, they were manipulating tools with long, thin fingers. Oh, lucky. And now that I think about it, yeah, he might have just been having Zorak nightmares. I mean, has anyone ever had a Zorak nightmare? I'm, I'm sure man. they have. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine so. But yeah, like you said, we know Zorak. As like, you know, we know him as the funny Zorak. Yeah. C. Martin Croker. You know, yeah. that's how we know Zorak. That's how I like my Zorak. Yeah. But eventually, though, things calmed down again. And Terry told no one about his experiences for decades. I'm not telling anybody for goddamn decades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he did, however, write a poem in high school recounting <laughs> his experiences, which Henry will now recite in part. Okay. Shadows from the hallway crept into my room. Long the monkey men, too, I assume. Never before in life had I seen a creature that grinned before I could scream. A candle's flame dances before it grows dim. One monkey man's shadow had slowly crept in. On his knees and with ease, he is perched on the edge of my bed, if you please. The silence was broken one inch from my ear as the monkey man whispered, My boy, I'm right here. Now monkeys were four and were masked to see. Children or even grown men, if you please. I started to tremble and covered my head. But the monkeys all four, they crept close to my bed. And outside of my covers four peeled with delight. These monkey men here will take me this night. Dude, that's really good. That's a great poem. I mean, he does need to see the counselor because it seems like he's being molested. But it is <laughs> yeah, a like very a good. dresses as apes. That's very <laughs> it is a very good poem, though. It's pretty solid. It's, it's like actually, it. it's much longer than that. It's very, very, very long. Very yeah. Talented guy. Smart yeah. kid, you can tell. Mm -hmm. But the kick, yeah, he became a lawyer. I know. Maybe he went to Tufts. <laughs> Tufts. It's <laughs> where, where my brother-in-law went. He went to Tufts. Yeah, and he's very oh. doing very well now, isn't he? He's doing great. He's doing wonderfully. Very well. But the kick comes at the very end with this final stanza. I swear by all that is holy and all that is right, that next time you come to take me at night, when four little monkeys crouch near my bed, I'll take my revolver and shoot them all dead. Well, it's a little aggressive towards the end there, but <laughs> again, he's got some issues. You can't write a limerick or a poem like that anymore. Well, because tell that's, me, that's violence. I, this monkey man story is absolutely <laughs> compelling, Terry, to tell me, uh, they, uh, do they like bananas? <laughs> <laughs> now, the aliens. That, that, that was coast to coast. They did do that. It's just did, been like monkey men everywhere. Did you? Now, tell me, Terry, I don't mean to poke holes in your story, but you live close to a zoo. <laughs> George Nori, asked, he's sense. asking the hard questions. He he's, he's asking, asking accurate it's questions. The only, critical, the only critical thing I've ever heard him say on coast to coast, because he's always yes-anding, but he was just being like, I simply cannot believe 
that monkeys would ever work in such a, an aggressive fashion. It's like he just refused to believe that monkeys could ever be. Oh, they could be very aggressive. I think uh, Michael Jackson's monkey Bobo or whatever. I think Bubbles. That had to, Bubbles. Yeah, he had to be put down. I mean, he had to be. Well, yeah, because of all the fucking trauma he experienced. Yeah. Everything he saw, he wasn't allowed to tell what, anybody. What is this, 1992? You're doing Bubbles jokes? Oh, yeah. And he always was pointing at the kids going. Oh, okay. Thank you, Bubbles. <laughs> now, the aliens stopped bothering Terry for a while, and Terry eventually joined the Air Force. But once again, the aliens found him, although it's hard to say whether this next sighting was about him specifically or if it was just a fun coincidence. Okay. See, in 1975, Terry was working as an EMT and a medic at Whiteman Air Force Base in Kansas City. He was working with a young senior airman whom Terry named Tobias in his book Incident at Devil's Den. Called him Toby for short. Sure. Okay. So one day during a routine emergency call, Terry and Toby both came upon a chaotic scene of emergency vehicles and security vehicles with men crouched behind cars holding rifles. Shit's going down. Cool. Uh-oh. Not just stopping, Terry and Toby saw that the object causing the commotion was a black diamond-shaped object a little larger than a full-size van hovering hmm. about 50 feet over a missile silo. Weird. This is also very common oh, yeah. in UFO sightings. And it's, yes. the, it's the matte black uh, triangles, pyramids, diamonds, and also sometimes, mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially over military uh, bases, the way they describe it, it's a lot of uh, spheres, chrome yeah. spheres. Chrome. Sniffing around, see what we got. Yeah. Well, Spotlight showed that it did indeed have a matte black finish. It was non-reflective, and there was no sign of engines or propellers. This sounds a lot like the so-called UAPs that we've been seeing lately in these leaked videos. And this mm-hmm. is something that he saw in 1975. Mm-hmm. And like some of those objects, this object went from a dead stop to blinding speed and was gone in less than a second. And of course, when Terry asked an officer, hey, just what the hell was that thing? Mm-hmm. The officer said, quote, Guys, 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 guys. That was an experimental helicopter, okay? Okay, I didn't see any blades. It didn't make any noise, though. You're inside. Just shut up, okay? You don't know, right? It's just, all right, it works somehow. I don't know. You think I know? Hey, buddy, is that thing full of monkeys? Let me hear. Can I hear it? Well, I'm not hearing any chimp. Nope, can't hear it. Chimps aren't monkeys. Wow. Chimps aren't monkeys. They're just not. That's just, I'm just saying. Is there a difference? Yeah, there is a difference, I know. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There is a whole bunch of Are you looking it up right now? Yes. Are you trying to fact check me if monkeys and chimps are or different? Chimps, monkeys. <laughs> I'm going to wait. No, I did no do you, want, you really want me to do it? <laughs> uh, chimps, no, monkeys. <laughs> Let's see. Chimps are not monkeys. No. Fantastic. Marcus Burks with the win. Really good. <laughs> Two years later, though, Terry saw another object that sounds quite a bit like the object I myself saw in high school while hanging out in the graveyard alone. Oh. At around 4 a.m., Terry said that he and Toby saw a glowing orb just below the North Star that slowly traversed the night sky before it blinked out like someone flipped a switch. Yes, hmm. which you hear quite often. Mm-hmm. Yes. But despite all the weird shit happening out in the wilds, Terry and Toby decided to take a camping trip together at a place called Devil's Den near Russellville, <laughs> Arkansas. Well, that is actually where Ooh. and then Terry was saying when he was uh, they were setting up this camping trip. He was like, when Toby asked me, hey, Terry, you want to go camping? He said, first of all, you're goddamn crazy. It's the first time I've ever heard about camping from you ever once because <laughs> he knows me. I'm a city guy. I'm from St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> like he was really like being like, why would I go camping? But it, it kind of sounded like Toby was kind of angle and he's like, we should go out. 
It's just like, I know this place. Mm -hmm. We can see the sky where it's all these beautiful stars. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. like Terry's just like, you know, it's like he was my best friend. It was the best time we've ever we ever spent together was me and him holding hands watching the stars. But there's nothing gay about it. It was <laughs> no, just me and my military buddy. <laughs> Having fun at the old Devil's Den with your buddy Toby. Yeah. Well, at Devil's Den, both of their lives would effectively be ruined by what happened in the woods. Oh. Just like so many abduction victims before and after. They actually got stuck in the 69 position, which yeah. was <laughs> it's very difficult. It's it weird. is very difficult to explain to your CEO <laughs> yes, uh, why you're in that scenario where you're like, I tell you, there was a, these monkey men, they left a series of banana peels all over the field. And yes. next thing you know, I was spinning in the air. We were running towards each other, playing a little bit of naked touch football, but that's what we do. All right, Indeed. he's trying to see how slippery we can get, but it's, it's more about avoiding capture. But they are a fantastic defense attorney team because one guy stands on his feet he gives a nice speech and tumble. they flip around yep. <laughs> they tumble and the other guy and it's, they're really good if the cock fits you must acquits and uh, you know you can imagine how the cock was fitting there that's great <laughs> from your last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. Um, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. 
But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, after arriving at the campsite, Toby and Terry decided to take a hike before setting up their tent and all. Oddly, they stopped after about three miles for a rest, and both of them fell asleep. When they woke up, it was almost sundown, and Terry said that he felt disoriented as they both hurried back to camp. Yeah, he said hmm. it was very compelling, that he had never, he was a young man. You didn't understand. He's just—he's like, I never slept in any sleep. I yeah. was in the military. It's weird. Yeah, you, I've never been on a hike and thought I'm gonna lay down and just take a lay nap. down, take a yeah. nap. They, they may have passed out or something. No, yeah, well, they won't see. After hastily setting up their tent and a fire, they settled in. But noticed that while the forest had been just an hour before full of life, there was now not a single sound around not even a solitary cricket or frog well he did say like this idea that him and his buddy had a yell over the fire and the crickets is it that loud <laughs> no it's never that loud that's, that's what he was saying he was like he was like you know because that was the thing is that toby and i we were just you gotta scream at each other to even be heard over these frogs it could be loud if there's a bunch of cicadas around or something yeah. like that you yeah. would have to yell if you're in the middle of it I guess if it is cicadas, I mean, a fire is not that. I mean, let's just like burning down a hospital or something. Like, it's, <laughs> that's the screams. That loud. It's the damn screams. Yeah. You can't sleep with all these screams. Well, as the silence settled, it was at that point that Toby pointed out something in the sky. Hmm. There were three identical points of light sitting low in the western sky in a perfect triangle. And as he and Terry watched, the lights got brighter and began to move, oh. rotating while maintaining that triangular configuration. Cool. 
The lights then climbed the horizon, growing brighter still as they grew larger and sped up, blocking out entire fields of stars. This thing was fucking big. Finally, these lights, which were now very obviously a craft, they stopped just over Toby and Terry's head. It was so large that it blocked out the entire sky above. I've seen a couple of stories, like uh, many stories of sightings that sound just like this. Mm -hmm. This comes up a lot. Just recently, we talked uh, with somebody about uh, a sighting over New York City. Mm -hmm. Like, these are types of things that show up. Like, they literally, like, well, it happens in New York, too, weirdly. Like, people have talked about seeing It looked like a pizza pie. It looked like a slice (laughs) of pizza. That's how you know they from Brooklyn. (laughs) Whoa. Well, later, Terry would describe this craft as resembling a five-story office building covered wow. in brightly lit windows featuring constantly changing colors. And while it's not quite as large as the football field-sized crafts others have seen, it does sound similar to what was seen by dozens of people during the Hudson Valley sightings just a few years later. I still kind of have a theory that somewhere the government has like three pyramid UFOs that they've had, and then they every once in a while they just like fly them out. Yeah. Yeah, just, to yeah, just to see what happens. Yeah, to see what happens. Yeah. Yep. Turns out they freaked out again. Yeah, <laughs> Put it back. Yep. Now, again, this large craft was covered in the same non-reflective black matte surface as the smaller diamond object that Toby and Terry had seen a few months before. But for mm. some reason, Toby decided to communicate with the craft, Uh-oh. and he flashed his flashlight three times towards the sky. Toby, don't be such a Toby. What are you doing? Uh, he's just, this is the problem. If you'd invite a Toby, he's yeah. going to invite the aliens into the tent. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but they, he said that when they were watching it, it was tumbling in a way. Like, he said mm-hmm. he watched it mm-hmm. move, and for him, he felt that it was doing it for his benefit. Ah, yeah, cause Toby's was, like that friend that when you meet the weird guy on the camping trip, the weird hippie that's alone, Toby's going to be the guy that invites him along, and then you got to deal with that guy for no, the next two yeah, days. No, yeah, no, Turtle's great. <laughs> yeah, he says he gave up his last name because the government's a series of liars, so. But yeah, yeah, he's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him all of our medicine to hold. That's great. Well, instantly, after Toby flashed the lights, a beam of light the size of a softball focused on their dead fire pit. And after a few minutes, a blue pencil-thin light struck the campsite, actively and hypnotically darting around the area, never sitting on anything for more than a few seconds. Like a cat toy. Yeah. Oh, nice. It seemed like it was looking for Toby and Terry because it did hit them a couple of times. And then after it hit him, it disappeared. And after they were hit... They both felt a pleasant feeling of sedation. Both of them, unable to stay awake, crawled into their tent to sleep, oddly not caring all that much about what was happening. And this is interesting. Henry, I wanted to ask you about this. The book, Incident Devil's Den, used a term called alien apathy. Have you ever heard of that before? Uh, I've never heard that specific term, but that's kind of what they talk about. There is a sedation effect. They say that when you are abducted, as you'll as we'll cover, is that a lot of times they show up. They, you know, the often the scenario is they see a light, you know, something weird in the sky. They're oddly fascinated by it. It shows up. The entities come into the room. A lot of times they they, they they're very peaceful. They're trying to calm you down. They're saying, "Don't worry, we always do this. Everybody mm. loves this." And then you go like, "Oh yeah, I do love this." And they talk about how mm. you sleep. You basically in a kind of half sleep state. Like that's when you travel through things. You travel uh. up through like the light allows you that you're traveling in to break all laws of physics. Mm. Oh. When they went to sleep, 
That's when the true terror began. Yep. Now, Terry Lovelace, of course, blacked out. And he had no real idea of what happened to him that night until he later went under hypnosis. Mm. All he knew that night was that when he was woken up by lights, he heard the same low bass hum he'd heard during encounters as a child. Every bone in his body ached, and he was dreadfully thirsty. Yeah, he said he was the thirstiest he'd ever been in his life, and then he posted butt to Maine. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wait, butt to what? That's It's something on the internet. I've seen people say that. But to me, you know what I learned off of the internet today? Throat goat. Whoa. Someone who's super good at sucking dick. I mean, I feel like that's self-explanatory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. Toby, however, was already awake and he had been crying. He was breathing quickly and shallowly and was trying to peer out of the tent. But all they could see was these flashing multicolored green and yellow strobe lights. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have flashed the flashlight there, Toby. It is Toby's fault. Hey, but Toby's like, we don't, we can't go out there, man. Yeah. I rang the doorbell, man. <laughs> Jeez. Suddenly, though, the two men realized that there were people outside of their tent, at least hmm. a dozen. Well, he was very scared at first because they had to go. They So where they were was in a restricted area of the National Forest where they were at. So yeah. they had to go past a bunch of like no trespassing signs because, again, Toby had a spot where they could be super alone and watch the stars together. And so yeah. they had to go out it's there. It's fine to just go out and watch some stars with your buddies. Sometimes it doesn't have to be like that, Henry. Yo, Sometimes you can have a platonic right. relationship well, Marcus with a friend. Marcus is reliving his college experience. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I say he went out there. So at first they thought, they got us. My God, they found us. They thought that it was like park rangers and shit coming to kick them out. Mm-hmm. Well, a column of white. Then put, yeah, Wait a minute. So he thought it was a bunch of park rangers with flashing strobe lights? You know, this is Terry trying to piece it all together after the fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the, a column of light then poured from the dead center of the building-sized aircraft and a pillar 30 feet in diameter. And Terry and Toby saw little people. The little oh, people! Nice. Perhaps those not unlike Terry's childhood monkey men. Oh! Yeah. He said the way they looked is that he said that their legs, they were like... They were like in the field, like being weird, right? Like being fun, working in remote. Like they used to, they kind of walk like they were programmed to walk together. But he said their legs looked like they were hinged to go backwards and they had no knees. And so they were like, like, you know, like when that you see Kermit the Frog run. Yeah. Yeah. And it's It's really unsettling. It's like that. Yeah. Where Mm. they're just, they kind of float and they're like, you can't really see my act up. It's like a doll. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where the yeah. legs kind of kick back and forth, but then they slowly trotted into this light mm-hmm. that was there, and they went, and then they pixelated away. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah, people can't see the act out, Henry. For the 11th year in a row, it's a podcast. <laughs> they can hear it, though. Yes. <laughs> well, once the last being was gone, the mm. light switched off, the craft stopped making its low vibrational hum, and the meadow was once again dead silent. The craft slowly gained altitude, but instead of tilting and shooting away like they usually do, it merely ascended like a hot air balloon until it could no longer be seen. Yeah, it's like a hot woman showing off her butt. Ooh, how's that? Slowly sauntering down the street. Sure. <laughs> Bye now. See you later, hater. Mm-hmm. That's right. Great, great impression. Thank you. I know women. <laughs> yeah, you, you have an idea. <laughs> 
Now, something had obviously happened between the time the two men fell asleep and the time they woke up terrified and crying. But mm. all Terry had was the vague memories of images and sounds. He remembered the whirring noises heard inside the large mothership, senses of motion, and visions of ceilings and wall panels. Mm. He also had the vague suspicion that he'd seen not only other craft inside the building-sized mothership, but dozens of other humans milling around not afraid at all. Alien government co-conspiracy working together, retrofitting technology, putting in our phones, giving us TikTok. Why? Don't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. You're on the path of to getting shot by the cops as we talk, Henry. Game Great man. job. If only. Well, Terry also noticed that his boots, which were previously tightly laced, yep. oh, they were now unlaced. And his socks were crooked. Mm. And his friend Toby's <laughs> boots were in the same condition. Yep. Their bodies mm. ached. They felt sick. And they were both, as we said, insanely thirsty. Hmm. Nothing untoward. No. Nothing at all. After deciding to leave, they made it to a gas station. And Terry and Toby noticed then that they were both badly sunburned all over their entire bodies with no tan lines at all. See, that's interesting. Very common in alien encounters. Very okay. common. And common in uh, high strangers of all kinds. Oh, yes. We talked about this earlier. We talked about it in the live show, too. Yeah. Like the idea mm -hmm. that there is a sickness associated with the phenomena that the government is very actively interested in figuring out how to gain access to and use for their own good. Mm -hmm. Also very common on the Beaches of Brazil. Well, yeah, they're no tan lights. Yeah, absolutely. But these guys, if they were tanning, I'm pretty certain that they were wearing clothes. I'm pretty yeah. certain. And both of them were also covered in what appeared to be insect bites, little red hmm. bumps. But their main concern at that moment was thirst. And because I don't think they sold bottled water no, at gas stations in the 70s. No, they definitely didn't. I remember the first bottled water I ever saw. I was stunned. Yeah. <laughs> they could capture the ocean in a bottle. It's kind of like that. Is this all water? Yeah. Every water ever been? We've normalized bottled water way too much. Yeah, we have. So what Toby and Terry did, well, the reason why we bot normalize bottled water so much is because most of us in America can't drink the water that comes out of the faucet. Yay. Yeah, you got to toughen up your immune system. You got to do one ounce a day. Then you do two ounces, and then you're strong like bull. Um, the first actual sold bottled water was in 1767. Fantastic. Huh. But not at Fantastic. gas stations. No, because you know why? There cars. were no gas stations yeah, back yeah, then. You where fucking was idiot, it? you fucking moron. Yeah, fucking where was moron. it? Where was it? Also, who the fuck knows? Yeah. You tell me how the water historians, apparently. <laughs> the most oh boring God. people that have ever lived. <laughs> Yeah, I study water. <laughs> it's kind of the interesting. Of water it is actually. Yeah, no, actually, it's probably water. Well, so anyway, they fucking bought a bunch of orange soda. Well, actually, Toby bought a six pack of orange soda. Uh, no, yeah, Toby bought a six pack of orange nah. soda. Terry bought a gallon of grape soda. Ugh, and they just that's not gonna. No, that's no. not gonna quench the thirst though. It's too much sugar. Mm, I don't know. Maybe their bodies were depleted of sugars. Perhaps oh. their bodies craved it, like some people crave salt. Now, once Terry got back to the Air Force Base, he had a temperature of 104 and got checked over by a nurse who found, after photographing his seemingly diseased body, that there were 124 red spots covering his skin. As is practice for the Air Force, when someone shows up looking all weird... They gave him the obligatory once over with the Geiger counter. Yeah. To see the, if he's irradiated. Yeah. And there uh -huh. was many click, click, clicks. Yeah. He got literally, he was radiation burned. Yeah. From something Whoa. we don't know. And 
I know that his wife corroborates this. Yeah. They did go to the hospital. He said that was the most embarrassing thing is that him and his buddy, they drove away and it felt, it was kind of like, it's scandalous kind of because they were both like, they didn't, they felt weird about what happened. They yeah. had no clue what happened. And he dropped off so they Toby. Felt, they've obviously felt violated in some way. All fucked up. And he was like, so he dropped off Toby. They're both like, See ya. And then, like, he went home, and his wife was like, "You have to go to the hospital. Like, yeah, you're right. very hot. You're physically very hot, and you are pink. Yeah, you're vividly pink, mm -hmm. and covered in bites. Str weird bites. Weird why weird we, bites. Way why don't we more. Just play, uh, why don't we play just play a game of mushy pig? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pink. You want to play a game of Mushy Pig? I want to know what Mushy Pig is. You, know, hey, is, you look for the here, hard part. You. Yeah. If, uh, you take a soft old pig and you, and you try to make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> How do you play Mushy Pig? More, mostly Cunnilingus. Yeah, he's talking about Cunnilingus. He's just, oh, okay. He doesn't know what else, what oh, else to yeah. call it. That's, how he's, that's what his mother always called it. Yeah, we call it Mushy Pig. <laughs> well, after two days in the hospital going in and out of fever dreams, two men in business suits showed up in Terry's room and introduced themselves as agents of the OSI, Whoa. the Office of Secret Intelligence, which was an actual sub-branch of the CIA. They presented Terry with papers to sign that Terry couldn't even read because his eyes were now swollen shut. Oh, oh my god! So gosh. I just gotta sign this shit. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's cool, 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 it's cool. It's cool, it's cool. Yeah. Wow. But after a fair amount of vague threats, they told Terry that if he knew what was good for him, he'd never contact Toby ever again. They made him break up with his friend. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. And they also told him. Never mention to anyone what happened that night at Devil's Den. Me and Whoa. Toby were just seeing the stars. There's nothing gay about it. <laughs> wow. There's nothing gay about it. I talked to my old friend who's the gayest straight man I know. And he said that it's cool. This is what guys do. It's a purely platonic relationship. You just do, you can do things with your male friends. You, you can, can go Henry. hang out. You don't have to be so insecure about it. That's right. Yeah, if I texted you at 9 p.m., Kissel. It was like, <laughs> you want to go yeah. to a field and go look at some stars? You don't think it's not going to be weird? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. But that's just because it's us. <laughs> yeah. Because it's us. You can have yeah. friends that you I'm do have saying... that relationship with. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Henry, you city boys, you don't know. I don't like grass. <laughs> yeah. Well, afterward... Terry was discharged from the hospital and given a 14-day prescription of mystery pills. Yep. Odd generic capsules, no telling of what was inside. Huh. Now, Terry did take the pills for a couple of days, but found that he soon couldn't remember even the simplest things. It was obviously scrambling his brain. So after only three doses, he flushed the rest. <gasps> Against the agent's orders, Terry then decided to see Toby. No one's going to tell me if I can't fucking hang out with my friend That's or not. That's my wow. friend. Yeah. Yeah. Toby was in the middle of an alcoholic spiral. Cool. <laughs> That's a cool friend. Yeah. Just, yeah. It sounds like, yeah, his life was de absolutely destroyed. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Toby desperately asked if their encounter at Devil's Den had really happened. It happened, Terry. Yeah. Did it happen, Terry? Yeah. Why were our boots different? Yeah. And Terry told him, yes, it did indeed occur. But after he left, he never saw Toby again. You know what? Now that I've seen him again, uh, Actually, I don't want to be friends with him. <laughs> yeah. No, he's all weird now. <laughs> when Terry returned to work at the Air Force Base, he was given a task that seems to me like a low-level psyop. 
he was told to paint plywood workbenches, then was given the task of sanding the paint off the workbenches he just painted. Oh, yeah. He did that for two months. Well, if he had taken all the pills, he would have been fascinated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's true. He didn't take all the pills. Yeah, he wouldn't have and noticed. it's kind of nice to paint and then grind it off. And there's something <laughs> fun about it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's again, or just keeping him busy. Mm-hmm. Keeping him busy, absolutely. After those two months, Terry was called to OSI headquarters. Although, I, I, OSI headquarters, I don't know if OSI had a headquarters since yeah. it's a sub-branch of the CIA. It could just be in some room somewhere in Virginia, and then you just have to go through the, with some hall in the Pentagon. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, was, it was a small beige room at the end of a long hallway lined with steel doors. It's yep. a terrifying place. Very scary. Yes. And there he waited for hours until his commanding officer finally showed up along with one of the OSI agents who had come to intimidate him in the hospital. And yes, I know OSI is a, a cartoon organization. No, no, but OSI it was is also, also it was also very much a real organ, a real subbranch of the CIA. But there's also the Air Force Special Investigative Unit, which mm-hmm. is also labeled under OSI. They, they, it depends on how you look at it. The, yeah. the, the, every branch has a group. Every branch of the of the military has like basically their own version of both internal affairs and because that's what it's all about is yeah. investigating from the inside out mm-hmm. eventually terry was told that he was about to undergo hypnosis with <gasps> the assistance of medication mk ultra somebody Whoa. needed information well after terry weekly protested no <laughs> no the other two men were joined by a mysterious figure carrying a small kit in a leather bag. Let us see what is going to happen in the inside <laughs> oh, of your no. mind. Oh, <laughs> no. No. Yep, it's always a little secret Nazi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Terry was then injected with an unknown substance and put under hypnosis. Although Terry does maintain that he stayed conscious the entire time. Because he would have had to have been. Because he did remember enough to write a whole goddamn chapter in his book about it. Well, And actually, no way did he just make it up. Hey, well, it's hypno- well, we know that hypnosis is not necessarily the most reliable way to recount information, but no, it's very right? interesting what comes up, especially if it's super specific. But I wonder if uh, it's, isn't it true? Maybe I'm cor- incorrect. But if you do go through hypnosis, you do kind of have like subtle memories, right? I don't know, because I do know that every time that we've talked about, like, hypnotic sessions, like, say, with the woman, uh, was it uh, the Andresen? From yeah, the Andresen, Andresen affair. affair. You know, uh, Be- Betty, Betty, Betty uh, Hill also uh, went through yep. a fair amount of hypnosis. They always recorded it, and the people, if I remember, when they come out of it, they're like, what happened? What yeah, happened? like, you what know? happened? But they I went kind of through, a big memory that something did happen. Yeah. I went through hypnosis, and I'm no longer gay. And now, if you excuse me, I have to go have sex with this man. Perfect, <laughs> Kissel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> well, from what Terry claims, the CO, known henceforth as Brad, he dragged things God, up. God, I hate this. that. There's something about a Brad CEO. Like, oh, that's yeah. Just a, yeah. a pain in the fucking You can age. see the butch haircut. You can, the flat top. You can see John Hamm from the, from the new uh, of Tom Cruise. No, idea, John Hamm. No, John Hamm. John Hamm is too round-faced. I think a Brad is going to, he's going to pinhead. Yeah. Tight, tight haircut. Uh, you're be. thinking. You're thinking of Brad Dorf. That's the Brad you're thinking of. I with love a him. real tight pinhead. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, mm. not a pinhead, but he's got a thin head. I love Brad Dorf. He's one Brad of my Dorf. favorites. I want to so meet maybe, him. I so want to meet him. So maybe think of the guy as Brad Dorf. Maybe right. we'll put Brad Dorf in this role right, let's do it. as Fantastic. the hypnosis. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, this CEO apparently drug things up 
from Terry's subconscious mind, things either forgotten or repressed, things that Terry maintains were his objective experiences. Now, Terry claims that some combination of the sedation and the half-hypnosis opened up his memory, and once he said these things out loud, he claims to have never forgotten them because he fought through the sedation like a fucking teenager taking an Ambien. That's what I do. Mm. That's why I can't take sleeping medications. Because you fight through them? I fight. Yeah, and then you... I rage against the dying <laughs> light, and then I fucking... Yeah, and then you don't yeah, can't yeah. wait till you get on Twitter one fateful night. Oh, yeah, you'll see. That's why I just logged out. I literally did that, so I'll never have access again. During the hypnosis session, after telling the story all the way up until they arrived at Devil's Den, Terry said that the space people, as he called them, hmm. they told him and Toby where to go. Hmm. And after being sedated by the blue light, Terry said that they were both taken, although Toby was only taken once for a very long extended session, while Terry was taken twice. Apparently, they took Terry the first time when he and Toby fell asleep on their initial hike. That's possibly why they fell asleep. Possibly they were sedated by oh. the aliens, and that's why Terry woke up feeling so discombobulated. Sure. That time, apparently that wasn't all that bad. The second time, that was when the real work got done. Yeah, these aliens, uh -oh. they like you too. We talked about the trickster side of the phenomena. If this is indeed a thing that does happen... They like to fuck with you. Yeah. Like there is something about them doing some kind of constant test about how we react to what they do. Mm -hmm. See, these space people were the same so-called monkey men from Terry's childhood. And Terry oh. was now realizing, as many people do later on in life, that they'd been abducting him for damn near his entire life. Oh, yes. And, and they, they, uh, he then, remembering it, realized, I think that they were wearing some kind of mask Mm -hmm. That looked like a monkey. They literally mm. like that was one way he interpreted it was that like maybe they were wearing something that they felt maybe would make them look more because aliens do that too. Yeah, they shape shift a lot of times. So that's what the yeah. idea is to be more comforting. Like they think might it might be more fun for a kid to experience a bunch of monkeys mm -hmm. stealing them in the night. Yeah, I mean I guess so. Yeah, and again, you know, him saying that I fought through the sedation and I remembered the half-hypnosis and I was abducted my entire life, like, it stretches the limits of credulity. But it's very it, interesting. I like, I there's something, the fact that it's hyper-specific yes, is very interesting. It's hyper-specific and it also shares a lot with other alien abductions yes. and some of the craft that he claimed to have seen matches the craft that we've seen uh, in videos in which we absolutely know, like, that is a UFO. Uh, that's we a do, thing. We do not know what that is. So there's corroboration even if not every single thing in here is true there is still some corroboration God, fucking reality against the fucking ropes <laughs> all right <laughs> ropey dopey well in those childhood abductions terry said he was taken into a sort of flying city a hundred times larger than the building sized craft it was so large he said that he couldn't see the end of it it was so big that he had to be shuttled through the thing in golf cart-like conveyances. Whoa, like oh. when we saw uh, Ozzy at yeah. Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. When they put him Ozzie. in that humiliating little cart. He got Absolutely. put in a wagon. Yeah, yeah. yeah to go talk about his new pinball machine. He's 80 he just, years old. No, he just needs a wheelchair. He just needs a metal-ass wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they put him in a cart instead. <sighs> the cart's fine. It's great. It's kind of emasculating. He looked like he was a bunch of watermelons. <laughs> He is. <laughs> when Terry was a kid, he said that he was actually taken somewhere nice with other children who all played together. And there was a lady there mm -hmm. the entire time taking care of them. And Terry remembered the lady fondly. But that doesn't mean that Terry enjoyed it. Yes. He began to realize that they'd taken him multiple times during his childhood, but made him forget. 
but they still left an inkling of memory so he would recognize them when he grew up and learn to see them as his quote-unquote space brothers. Yep. Oh, but, nice. But in this, Terry came to think of it as a grooming process with unknown alien goals. Absolutely, mm. because they're not telling you what their goals are. Mm-mm. Like, if this hybrid program is real, they are, do not, we don't know why. They have insinuated many things, and various entities have talked about this hybrid program, is used to either allow their offspring to be more stable in our reality, there's like that one thing, or just seed us with alien DNA that will allow us to evolutionarily grow up, grow past the need for mm. things like nuclear weapons, uh, and oh. oil, uh, and fake oh. butter. <laughs> Oh, but when Terry was asked what the monkey men looked like, Terry got a little angry saying, don't be asinine. They look like monkeys, you fucking moron. You fucking moron. (laughs) All right, Terry, let's calm down, please. I know what I saw. Oh, my. And then he said that the monkey faces were actually masks. And when they took the masks off, they were, in fact, little gray people with large eyes. Yes, it is me. It's always been me, a neighborhood gray. Uh, but they, uh, he said the the eyes. He said it's not as cartoonishly as they've seen that you see like normally the way Whitley Strieber uh, mm-hmm. described them. They actually look more like wraparound sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool, very Guy Fieri. from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. It's because dog can't give you its opinion. But every month we deliver dogs and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. And then the dog shows you what they like. It's incredible. Only I could teach Wendy to use an iPad. She's so resistant. She scratches it up, barks at it, barks at me. But if she could use it, she'd order BarkBox for herself. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. And for a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. How about that? Wendy loves her little toys. Carmi has become quite a terrorist when it comes to her toys. And she's a murderer. She rips these things up, but, you know, we got some high-quality, tough toys from BarkBox, and she absolutely loves them, and our family could not be happier. <laughs> and if you just want a slice of this joy, you got to go to BarkBox. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com left. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com L-E-F-T for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah, very key. You got to communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is data, and you're kissing a lady on another planet. And data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, 
Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me, because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma, blah, blah, blah. When it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank, I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Getting engaged is special for so many reasons. Planning the perfect proposal. Oh, I want to do it at the Hindenburg. <laughs> I want to do it at the Hindenburg Memorial. Celebrating your love and looking forward to the rest of your lives. And if you're lucky, it's short. The only part that's not so special, shopping for an engagement ring, if you don't know what you're doing. That's where BlueNile.com comes in, especially if you don't feel like talking to your mother. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring with little or no feedback from their mother. With Blue Nile, you can create a brilliant piece at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Why use anything traditional? Blue Nile also offers a diamond price guarantee, which means that they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. And I sent you to Steven, my guy, but you still refuse. And you decide to go with your Blue Nile little thing because, oh, it's got 100% satisfaction guarantee with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And sometimes Steven doesn't answer your calls and sometimes Steven loses the rings. But that's where you don't understand because Steven was there for me when your father wasn't. And honestly, so now is Blue Nile because every time I call, they pick up with the 24-7 customer support and they hear all about my hands hurting and how I've got, they have to reverse my feet at the doctor. They, they said, and they, but eventually they said it's temporary. They're going to put it back forward. But oh, thank you, Blue Nile, for not picking up, even though I texted my son. Right now, you can get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, once Terry and Toby were on the ship, they realized that they were inside the building-sized craft that had appeared above their campsite. Apparently, this craft held not only smaller craft like the Black Diamond they'd seen on the job, but an actual support staff made up of 50 or 60 humans, all wearing tan-colored flight suits with orange insignia of rank. And interestingly to this, mm. Terry CO said, quote, Son of a bitch, Terry, you'll forget about the men in tan flight suits. And that to yes. me... If this is all true, points towards the possibility that the CO might have knowledge of a joint alien government project. And considering how he said, son of a bitch, son he might bitch. be on one side of a cold war between a branch of the government that mm -hmm. works with aliens and another branch that believes that working with the aliens is a bad idea. What do we get from it? I don't know. Who, who benefits? Don't know. Queen don't know. Bono. Don't know. Sounds like he was just tripping balls at Target. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. 
But after walking past the support crew, Terry said that he and Toby saw a long well of aquariums filled with what he thought at first we're swimming puppies. It's puppies. Oh, no. Puppies can't swim like that, though. No, no, no. no. Now, when he looked closer, they were twitching reptilian creatures with big Whoa. eyes floating in Whoa. pink water. And they're cute to somebody. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As he walked by more aquariums, he saw that some of them housed human-like creatures. <laughs> and one of them turned towards Terry and blinked. Yes! Whoa! <laughs> wow! Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Is it lunchtime yet? Sweet. But after that hall of horrors, Terry and Toby were ushered into a steel sort of waiting room. It seemed like steel, but it's aliens. Who the fuck knows? It was filled with other people. Some of these people were nude, holding their own clothes. Maybe they were going through security at the airport. Could be. Hello. You're going to want to do pre-check, I guess. Oh, man. There were, however, windows. And Terry said that they were definitely in space by this point, flying near the moon. You can see the goddamn moon. It's right there. It's outside the goddamn window. Yeah, he looked down at the moon and he saw a city on the surface of the dark side of the moon. Fucking Whoa. yeah, dude. Pink Floyd was right. Yeah. And the moon city was populated not only by aliens, but also humans who were living and working side by side. See, we can get along. All we got to do is learn so. to fuck. We got to find <laughs> sure. out what holes go to what parts. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. I bet you it's quite similar, to be honest. I always wondered that on Star Trek because every alien species seems to be fucking every other alien species. It's fun. It's part of what it's, it's a, the universe propagating its own life. I do find I do actually find myself. We watch a lot of Star Trek in my home, and I do find myself more often than not just staring at an alien and wondering what the genitals look like. You see, because that's every usually day. American. Mm-hmm. That's what Americans. This do. is why if you're a wife out there, never say, "Honey, what you think about?" Like, what you thinking about? No, because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, yeah, of course. No, 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 it's never anything. It's it's never like, it's thinking how much I love you. It's like, no, 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 no. It's been like, where's the pussy on that? Yeah, that thing got two buttholes or two. (laughs) Or three? Maybe one. I don't know. This was told to Terry, all this shit about the moon city and all that, by a tour guide who was there to help Terry through the experience. But Terry's experience. Uh Not bad. But Terry soon realized that his tour guide was the same nice lady who had watched over him during his eight childhood abductions. Yep. Oh, very sweet. Yeah. She was a half alien, half human, a hybrid. This actually tracks with other abductions we've heard about because hybrids are often used by greys to take care of abducted children or to be a sort of less freaky liaison for abductees. Well, also, a lot of times pure humans are used to nurse some of these hybrid babies Mm -hmm. because according to people that have experienced these types of abduction scenarios, what they have learned conversely through whatever they could figure out is that they are watching. Humans are there to sort of like give compassion to these aliens that don't particularly know how to emote yeah and that they also give milk and so they go in and a lot of times they're forced Mm. to nurse some form of alien hybrid baby Mm -hmm. that's it's always gnawn and they always take yes indeed and i'm sure they have the ability to suckle is that a slight against me yeah i think that was a dick (laughs) against you yeah that's because i'm too human to suck tit Uh (laughs) not for milk i only do it for pleasure pleasure (laughs) well concerning this hybrid Terry said he felt a maternal attraction to her. A maternal attraction, meaning 
she, mommy, mommy, yeah, not a maternal attraction. Yeah, yeah, not like oh, mom's stuck in the washing machine <laughs> <laughs> again and again and again. And while he did like her, she was still an unsettling creature. Oh yeah, she eventually gave him a hug, but he said when he looked down into her gown to peek at her breasts, Ooh. which he said was natural, it was a natural thing. You just naturally, do yeah, that, I used to always do that with my mother. I yeah. always go, cleave check. Cleave check, it, let's so see. Cleave check. Well, he was not specific about what he saw, but he said what was down that shirt was non-human and repulsive. The titties were upside down. <laughs> Whoa, it's Guado. <laughs> but this hug did calm him down a bit. Yeah, that is nice. Well, after the hug, though, Terry was somehow back in the tent trying to scream but making no sounds. Seems like it was a bit of, you're doing an act out of him screaming, but not being making no sense. Again, 11 years, it's a podcast. Really good, really good act out. Everything Terry said was silent, except for the hum of the spaceship. And Toby was nowhere to be found. Presumably, he was still on the ship. Uh-oh. Another bright light came, and Terry was back in the ship, in that room with all the other humans, being undressed by the greys. Do you remember the uh, Coronado group abduction? Yeah. Where it was like the one guy, it was the poor dude that was just the mark of the aliens. And that one guy, he was abducted with that other guy. And he just sat there watching as they were shoving stuff up his penis and like, <laughs> and him going, ah! <laughs> screaming me while yeah. they're, they're all like, the other aliens are all like, you guys are really struggling over there. You see, I'm not really be enjoying this. Meanwhile, like he wasn't probed. No, not at all. Now, after Terry was undressed, he was taken to a white room where he was laid down on the telltale alien experimentation table alongside Toby. I think he was next to Toby. It's hard to follow. Yeah, there's some dream logic here. We'll see what's here. But yeah, I could definitely, if I saw the table, I'd be like, no fucking way. Is that? (laughs) Wait a second. Is that? The (laughs) alien abduction probe table? That's the milking table? Okay, I've been gaping all day. (laughs) His body went limp as multiple aliens did the bidding of the boss alien. The one, as you said, that was a little more official, who was insect-like. Yes. Oh. Terry also said that the smaller aliens were almost robots, worker bees, and that tracks with what we've heard about greys uh, in other abduction scenarios. You know, the different classifications. The the small greys, yes. some theorize, might be robots. We do oh, learn here. Oh, sure. The examination then came, where the aliens drew blood from Terry and Toby's body and, of course, used a machine... That was put over their genitals yep. mm-hmm. to suck the sperm from their bodies painfully and humiliatingly as both Terry and Toby scream. <laughs> because they do. It makes you so hard that it hurts. And yeah, then you're coming right. and you're against your will. They're just, it's not good. Yeah, because you're coming through a flaccid penis, which can't be fun. I mean, sometimes, but it's only just because you've been spitting all day. Oh, it didn't yeah. work sitting, thinking about it. Wait, saying what? Yeah, you can come through a flaccid penis. What no, are you I, I don't no. think so. Yeah, you can, absolutely. I guess you can. I mean, if you're one of those guys that comes when they're just touched, but... but it goes what do you back mean? and forth. Depends on how long you've been going at it. All right. I guess so. Hey, am I an <laughs> alien? Are those what you're saying? I'm some kind of alien? Well, the guy that was... Uh, the guy that comes a hundred times a day, his name is Dale Decker. Ah, ah yeah, they yeah, yeah. They should have just... Why don't they just abduct Dale Decker? He'll give them all the cum <laughs> they need. I have extra cum already. <laughs> 
Well, from what Terry said, the demeanor of the tallest alien, the insect-like alien, the one who was directing the semen sucking and the blood sucking, his demeanor was, hey, nothing personal, guys. Just do my just job. Just my fucking job. Just do my just job. Just doing your job. Absolutely. Also, just a quick quote here from Dale Decker, another man that needs to be abducted. Imagine being on your knees at your father's funeral beside his <laughs> casket, saying goodbye to him, and then you have nine orgasms right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, your whole family is standing behind you. That's what they gotta get Dale Decker. No, they gotta get Dale Decker. Well, basically, this is the old trope of experimentation reverse. These are aliens dispassionately trying to learn about our anatomy through experimentation, just as we do with lower life forms here on planet Earth. Sure. And like humans who don't enjoy the sound of monkeys screaming. We hate it. The aliens got annoyed when Terry screamed. And he told Terry, come on, you know us. You know you're not going to remember this. Wow. Relax. Yeah. He said, if you're not going to remember, why should you scream? Why well, are you going to scream all the time? Like, screaming. Like, you haven't, like, we haven't done this countless times to you. They should have a little statue of human beings then thanking us for all of the scientific research they do on us like they yes. have with the little mouse. No, there's definitely a statue <laughs> somewhere in Alpha Centauri to, to all the humans we've drained. Yes. <laughs> then the alien touched Terry's temple and all went Black. Wow. Next thing Terry knew, he and Toby were back at the campsite. But because the beaming crew screwed up, they were about 20 feet away from their tent. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, come on. We got to get back ships over. They were laying on the ground next to their cars. So the aliens had to come in and manually carry them back to the tent. Yep. <laughs> that's got to be difficult for them. They're just like us, aren't they? Yeah. And that's where we rejoin the story, with Terry aching and Toby on his knees, crying over what had just been done to both of them. The ship rose up in the air like a hot air balloon, and that was that. Back at the hypnosis session, though, the CO, after Terry spilled the beans, he was trying to make Terry forget that anything had ever happened. He said, quote, Okay, listen. Hey, you and Toby, you went on a camping trip to Devil's Den, and it was a horrible trip. You hated it. You both were bug-bitten, you were sick. That's all over now, right? All you will remember is our pleasant chat about camping. There's nothing on the moon but rocks. There is nothing <laughs> on the moon but rocks. You forget about the tiny woman who was kind to you. Everything you saw or heard of Devil's Den, you will forget. That's it. <laughs> wow. Talk about middle manager Brad. All right, fine. <laughs> After that, Terry did indeed try to forget. He told nobody about his experience, save for his wife, for many years. But even then, things came back in flashes. Ugh. In 1987, Terry and his wife were out Christmas shopping when Terry had a panic attack after seeing the cover of a book that showed an illustration of an alien grave. Whitley Strieber's Communion. This and is, that's set off thousands of people. Yeah, it was the yeah. first time that he'd ever seen the representation of the alien gray. And of course, his specific so-called monkey men. Terry also had missing time incidents, like when he went out for a ride on his hog when he suddenly found himself on a gravel road, which he never rode on because it damaged the paint on his bike. Hmm. When he arrived home, he found that he was two hours late. Two hours his, missing time. His wife was freaking out and called the cops and shit. It's like two hours late. That's not that long. Not 1989. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, when someone's out on a motorcycle, you worry. You do. You worry a lot. Sheila, however, was all in when it came to the encounters. Yeah. Whenever Terry That's talked, a good wife. That's a great wife. Whenever Terry talked with her about it, he had nightmares in which he'd wake up screaming. But one night, Sheila said she woke up 
and saw a three-foot-tall woman standing oh. at the edge of their bed. Zelda Rubenstein. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. The three-footer told Sheila, Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. And she No did. problem. Okay. Yeah. But after the alien implant we discussed at the beginning of this episode was discovered, high strangeness slowly began to seep back into Terry Lovelace's life, starting in 2016. That year, Terry mysteriously started losing weight, dropping from 240 pounds to 150. Baffling doctors. Was it cancer? It does sound like cancer, yes. <laughs> no, baffled doctors. Because they oh, thought baffled doctors. They thought, yeah. oh, this dude's definitely got cancer. cancer. He's got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> cancer but they, but he, they were baffled. But he didn't. And this prompted Terry to tell everything he knew. And he even tried reaching out to Toby to corroborate his story. I wonder what Toby's up to. Toby's mm. dead. Ah. Toby died. Toby now, what died. happened with Toby? Alcoholism. Ooh. Died so sui- of alcoholism. Was it suicide then? Or well, was alcoholism it, is no, long, like, Yeah, suicide. but sometimes you get drunk, you pop yourself in the head, something like that. Or was no, it just the... he just drank enough to kill himself. Yeah, Cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. You can you can kill yourself with drinking in all manner of ways. It doesn't have my, to just be cirrhosis. Both my father's father and his grandfather died of alcoholism. Wow. That's yeah. why your dad thought he was going to be dead, but he's never going to die. No, he's crushing <laughs> Yeah. Now, by 2017, Terry had decided to take his show on the road. Oh! Telling his tale at various UFO conferences around America. He did the circuit before he wrote the book, which I give him credit for. I say it. True. But about a month after a talk at a conference in Houston, Terry woke up in the middle of the night sweating. Oh, God. Sitting directly across from him was what appeared to be a four-foot-tall Asiatic woman wearing oversized sunglasses that obscured her large almond-shaped eyes and part of her face. Around her throat was a red scarf that hid her pencil-thin neck, but otherwise, she was a woman in black. Hear that, girls? Whoa. You can torment ufologists as well. <laughs> Very cool. Isn't that cool? There's a whole book. One day we'll cover all of women in black is actually a massive. There's there's many of them. Absolutely. Remember uh, Freddie Classy Blassie? He would call people he didn't like pencil necks. Oh, I love pencil necks. Yeah, I like pencil yeah. neck. I like four eyes. Yeah, four eyes. Oh, that's good. Good one. Yeah. Now, like many people in black, she wore a wig. An outdated jet black number sitting slightly askew on the top of her head. (laughs) Is this right? Did I put it on right? Hey, Harriet. Harriet. Is it on right? Okay. (laughs) From what Terry said, the wig was reminiscent of Betty Rubble from the Flintstones. And so he called her Betty. But his immediate thought upon seeing the PIB was, quote, That wig looks ridiculous. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wig. Can, I can't believe it. No netting. <laughs> However, Betty, as she will henceforth be called, Betty. she responded telepathically by asking, So, you don't like my hair? It's the same. And when Terry asked, the same as what? She responded, The same as the last time we met. <laughs> Whoa, that's scary. <laughs> She told him that, yes, she was the hybrid he'd been seeing his entire life. The mm-hmm. one who took care of him as a child. Yep. And the one who gave him the tour of the ship before they sucked out all of his blood and cum. Do you remember when we sucked uh, out your blood and all of your cum? I do, yes. It's kind of why I'm traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She then said that he would not be taken that night, nor would there be any more examinations ever. Then she removed her sunglasses to reveal large 
but not alien gray large black eyes. Yes. But still, she's like, freaky? Yeah. Just freaking you out? Yeah. Well, once she looked appropriately scary, Betty told Terry that his public discourses that he'd been giving UFO conferences about his experiences, these were worrisome to both Terry's government and her, quote unquote, hosts. Interesting. Adding that the things he saw were crucial to their shared shadowy agenda. What are we getting out of the government alien fucking combination? What are we getting? Huh? What are we getting? Yeah, what are they getting? What are they More getting? importantly, that's what I want to know. More streaming services? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. God. <laughs> are you ready of- for Disney, Discovery, Netflix, Amazon Plus? Yes, yay. Can't wait. Terry asked about the implant next, asking how many people had been tagged in the same way Terry had been tagged with the metal object in his knee. She said thousands over <gasps> three generations. Ooh. Oh, she said that the implants do indeed serve a purpose, but cause no harm. Could be a locator tag. Could be. Or just could be some sort of, what do they call them? Like a Fitbit. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, it's just sending it's back how, information. They, they mm. scoop you up once they read your cum levels at a certain like mark, and then they were like, that's how they know to come squeeze you. That's how they know Interesting. Like an oil check almost. Yep. Yeah. But since the aliens, nor Terry's government, would allow Terry to remove it by himself, lest scientists discover its purpose. Because he did Mm. get use of his leg back, Mm -hmm. but he left the implant in. Mm -hmm. Because then now there's a lot of kind of criticism of like, why didn't you take the implant out? And he was like, because the aliens said no. Yeah. Don't do it. Okay. The aliens said, we'll do it. Yep. I hope he has alien insurance. No, that's actually the most scariest thing of all is the bill afterwards. And then oh, you have to go God. fight. You always have to fight. Ugh. Them too? It's not Good necessary Lord. to remove it. Please. Oh, it's, a, it's an optional surgery. <laughs> it's an optional surgery. Yeah, it's cosmetic. Well, Terry then asked why the government would try to stop him from removing the implant. But while she did not reply verbally, she nodded. And a graphic replay of not two, but four alien encounters played out in Terry's brain. While two of these encounters were shared in Terry's book, The Devil's Den, the third, Betty said, was just for him and his wife. Ooh, that's oh, nice. that's nice. The fourth, though, was beyond Terry's understanding. Hmm. And apparently, there will be a full discourse on accounts three and four after Terry's death. Yeah! Oh, that's we'll get him. All Show right. him the corpse! Sweet! Soon after, Terry woke up with pain in both of his knees and dark bruises showed on his legs. He soon got another x-ray, but found that the metal implants were gone and all that was left were two small wires serving an unknown purpose. Absolutely incredible. Very fascinating. I love this story. Please, if you if wow. you've ever experienced getting an implant. Yeah. Email side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. Because I'd love to know if you went through the process of getting it removed, if you went through it, because it is really interesting. It comes up quite a bit in these Mm. stories. And people have found chunks of weird garbage in people, and we don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That's why I find this story, you know, it's it's very interesting. And again, from a reputable source that waited until he was no longer a high-powered lawyer to tell it. Yeah, and that's this is like his retirement present to himself. It was. was. Full in a bunch of fucking dumpy UFO people incredible well, i can't wait to do it myself have fun with it also on a side note the uh the d character here again dale decker um so what happened is he suffers from persistent genital arousal syndrome after a disc slipped in his back 
He just started coming. Yeah, no, you got to be careful, sets. dude. Wear a back brace. So, wow. You got to stretch. Yeah, barely had something to do with a disc slip. Oh, and God. then he was on the way to the hospital, and then he just started coming a whole bunch. God. And then he, they say that, here he's been pretty much. These are the real horrors. These are the real is, true story that we should be covering. He and his wife have to sleep in separate beds. He comes so much. Oh, well. Yeah. My hey, God. So he's, I'm going to tell Natalie she's got it easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna tell my wife the same thing. Yeah. At least I'm not coming constantly all the time and screaming about it. <laughs> oh well, we are currently oh, in Amsterdam, Lord. aren't we? Uh, currently, I believe so. I mean, technically, me and you are in New York City and Ben's in Los Angeles, no, but no. we're also currently in Amsterdam. We are currently in Amsterdam, and I just want to say, Guten Tag and Danke. Right. Uh, both of those are German words. Mm. German. Those Certain are German things greetings. Are, things are going to be fine. You, say, over you just there. said good. It's, good day. I think and thank so. You. Have already been fine since we've been in Europe. Yeah. In Amsterdam, so. six hundred thousand people. They speak Dutch. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the. That's all the amount of people that speak Dutch. Six hundred thousand. Wow. Okay. What? That's it. I think so. Anyway, no, I heard wow. that one time. Now we're just making. Now with the. No, I think fucked. that is true. I do all think right. it's true. Um. But again. Don't worry, everyone. You're doing better than Terry. Uh, you're doing better than Toby, and you're doing better than Dale Decker. Yes, you so are. So that's all really that matters. Are. And yes, it's been fantastic here in Amsterdam. Henry did something really funny where he drank so much he fell in a moat, oh, uh, which was yes. pretty great. I'm still getting out of the muck off me. Yep. Yep. And then Marcus was kicked out of the Heineken factory for just really falling in love there. Yeah, he loves Heineken. I love I love green bottles. Yeah, everybody said that about Marcus. He's famous for loving Heineken. (laughs) And as the new leader of Amsterdam, I promise to spread the wealth around. Yes, hell yeah! Thank you guys. We'll see you soon. Can't wait. All right, next week we're getting creepy. Oh, this was kind of creepy. We're getting even more creepy. Oh, even more creepy because we're covering Phantom Coming Syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) We just did technically. I know. That was interesting. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Magustalations. Hail me. Mm-hmm. And dog, which is good. That's goodbye in Dutch. Yeah, dog. 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 Well, that's nice. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.